Welcome to Ethereal Underground, episode 25. I'm your host, T and T, and we have another exciting episode. Well, we have a special guest tonight, Matt. And uh, Matt and I have a lot in common. He's uh, super smart, has a lot of knowledge. And I'll give a brief introduction and then let Matt come in and he can fill in on where he grew up and if he has any uh, siblings and what generation he is so we kind of get a perspective of his background. But he, like myself, Matt uh, likes science and, and math. He really is interested, like I am, in the spiritual component uh, of life, the spiritual component of, of you and I, the listening audience. The fact of self-spirituality with our soul, our inner person, the importance of spiritual energy. And uh, that, that's an interesting topic to be interested to find out what Matt's take is on that. And not just focusing on the physical. I think a lot of us have the physical portion of life down pat. At least that's what we're familiar with all the time. But what about human potential? What about activating our consciousness? Why are we here? How does our consciousness or spirituality relate to our health? See, these are real good topics. He has 15 plus years uh, easily. He can uh, go into more detail if he wants. But what he's able to do is he could boil down 15 plus years of his research and understanding in shorter clips. So this evening, for example, if we get into 30, 35 minutes of his understanding, we could always set it up to where there's an episode or part two, part three. Because really, this topic is very interesting, and it deserves more than a 40-45 minute segment. There could be an entire series based on this. But this is Matt's first appearance, hopefully not uh, the only one. Depending on his schedule, we can have uh, future discussions as well. So with that being said, I want to introduce Matt to the Ethereal Underground listening audience. And Matt, uh, whatever you feel comfortable with introducing yourself, you don't have to give away like what high school you went to or specifics, but uh, we would like a general background, kind of give us what generation are you, uh, where'd you grow up, are you the only child or are you family of eight, I don't know, <laughs> and then uh, take it away and then we'll start this evening's discussion. Okay, cool. Um, thank you. So. Uh, I guess I grew up, I lived in many, many places. My dad was in the military and the Air Force and we kind of were everywhere. And But I ended up actually growing most of my life up in, uh, in about an hour south of Buffalo, a small little place, about 80 kids in my graduating class. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of the middle of nowhere, but uh, you know, I learned a lot of um, interesting things that led me to what I like doing now, which, you know, I like farming and I learned I saw a lot of farms out there, knew a lot of farmers and kind of wanted to continue doing it as I got older, but it's just in a more consolidated way and a more efficient way, because that's kind of just the way my brain works. I feel like 
I like to learn something, but I, I there's always a way to do it better, <clears throat> better, I think. And not saying I can do it better. I'm just saying there is a way and I want to find it. And I wanted to focus that kind of a passion into farming. So um, I'm, I'm more, mainly, um, I grew up in that type of area. You know, I, I know those types of people and, and uh, I want to help um, farmers produce, you know, instead of, uh, tons of stuff on, on, let's just say, you know, a whole, a whole bunch of produce on 10 acres of land. I want to be able to make them produce that same amount of produce and half the amount of space and a lot of, or less, um, and a lot of understanding, you know, spirituality, the connection to earth, the connection to this, um, realm of existence that we live in, um, you can actually intertwine that a lot with growing plants and farming so there's a lot of really cool things that go with that and that's kind of where my passion lies but a little bit more back to me um i i have uh, four other siblings um i'm the second to last uh i'm about thir i'm 36 years old and uh this is um uh, I'm, I don't, I, my family are very different than me. I'm black sheep in my family. None of them want to hear anything I'm saying just because there's, you know, there's, they're stuck in their own ways. And that's also been a really good motivation is, is I have the biggest skeptics for parents. And um, what's really, that's been, I've, one of my mottos is to take a negative situation. You know, life is all about taking negative, inevitable negative situations and turning them into something positive and if you can't do that your life is going to be very difficult so i for my parents sake instead of dwelling on how much they piss me off ex excuse my language for just not caring about anything i'm saying now which i believe is the most some of the most important information human beings need to know needed to know throughout education and culture in pretty much every way and which is another reason for my interest in this stuff um but I just kind of, my dad is the biggest skeptic. So I want to convince him. And the only way I was able to convince my dad, and he still doesn't really want to listen to it, but he's much more open to it now because I have a lot more details. And um, I mean, it, I don't know if he even really comprehends it, to be honest with you. He's older and, you know, and I don't really push it much anymore because he's just a little bit too old. But it was a really big motivation of mine. Um, to just learn the science and the math and the, and the physics behind it all as well, because there's lots of skeptics with this topic, not just my dad, just the smartest people in the world, the quote unquote smartest people in the world are skeptics on this topic. Um, so I was really motivated to teach myself. It was about 15 years ago where I was just kind of bored my, my farm, my, my business. I graduated high school and in college that I never finished. I, uh, during the summers, I, uh, I, I went to a farm and I worked on a farm over the summer. I fell in love with that farm. It was two hours away from my home, um, I, where I grew up, but it's all right. I established a life out here. got my own everything out here. Um, so I just, uh, am making it happen in that way. But, but, uh, my, uh, I forget exactly where I was going with that. There was a point. Sorry, I'm a little nervous just because this is my first time here. But uh, just after a little bit, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, what was that? Let me uh, let me back up for a second, and then uh, 
this might give you a chance to catch your thought, or I might be able to trigger trigger your thought. What's interesting, you if you're 36 years old, that would be what generation is that considered? Your generation, like a millennial, pretty you're much. Millennial, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, you said that you're um, out of the siblings, you're the second youngest. Now, yep. what's interesting, uh, Buffalo, New York. I tell you what, Buffalo, New York, boy, you guys get some winter, don't you? Ooh. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we have like a lake effect snow. Oh, wow. It's nothing for you guys. They have 21 inch snowstorms. Oh yeah, nope. That's uh, that's you know people say there's not a lot of natural disasters out in the in New York, but <laughs> the natural disaster is the snow <laughs> like that. Oh man, that's bad. That, that's dangerous to drive in, especially and you know most people out here work in that snow, so we're always driving in it. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy out here. Yeah, that part of uh, that part of the country, Buffalo, New York, and and surrounding areas, the, the north east part of Pennsylvania that you are uh, very rugged and hardy people and there's no wimps that grow up in Buffalo New York those are those are sure. tough people like you said they uh, they get up and go to work kids are going to school a lot of the country shut down if there's four inches of snow and you guys four inches of snow are probably out in shorts picking up the mail from the mailbox yeah. that doesn't phase you at all <laughs> so uh, those oh yeah I always uh, have a soft spot for uh, people in Buffalo, New York. There's, I had some friends up there. My brother lived up there for many years. And there's always been good people in that region of the country. And uh, they're winter people. They can, they can handle cold and snow. But you said your, your dad, which I'm, I'm not going to mention anything, but I bet he's close to my age. He's, a couple of times you said he's kind of old. So I'm like, uh-oh. I think I think Matt's yeah. keeping me in a way, but your dad. Oh no, no. <laughs> when you said kind of a, it's funny, the black sheep of the family, but it's no one really kind of gets this. You do, but your your parents and you mentioned your father. Are they now? I don't want to put words in your mouth. You you can correct me, but are, are they kind of like stuck in the plastic and leather world, or do like what watching? No, they're 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 stuck in the like straight up asleep like they're just still asleep like they got the covid vaccine to put that in perspective <laughs> so so yeah it's just and not only did they get it they just congratulated everybody and the family for getting it and stuff like that and you know i'm not trying to demean my family i love my family they're all smart happy people or what and you know i love them to death but i mean i'm not gonna say a bad decision isn't a bad decision <laughs> so yeah yeah that that's that they are full of those but so am i to be honest but i mean at the same time i feel like uh you know their decisions are just not helping them at all with this especially with this topic that we're talking about and that's that's where the little bit of frustration comes from but like i said they're also old and stuck in their own ways now i stopped really trying to Mm -hmm. um tell myself that they're gonna they're gonna wake up i've i've realized that maybe we just need to wait for the shift of energy on this earth to kind of get them to subliminally or subconsciously start asking the right questions to themselves or becoming just more aware that's my hope anyways um when in the meantime i will just tell other people who are actually interested in it and you know i actually kind of remember what I was going to earlier and what I was trying to say is when I went out on my own after college and I got that farming job there was one day I had the winters off 
And this was about 15 years before I started just researching, because I actually used to be pro-vaccine, pro-pharmaceutical, pro, I mean, I was that guy, you know, I would argue with people to say that vaccines are great and why the hell wouldn't you take them? And, you know, so I've literally done a 180. My parents grew up and, and indoctrinated, indoctrinated me to believe all the most literally opposite things of human existence, uh, you know, when you when you really look down to it or look, in, look into it, I mean, uh, I mean, it just didn't help me um, really at all. And, and uh, you know, and that's the challenge. And, you know, I am not mad at them for that. Like I said, I take something negative and make it positive. And that was just a challenge for me to overcome. And, and uh, so, I, I, so as I was a winter, I was a winter off uh, from the farming over the summer uh, when I was in college. Um, and I was just bored. Right before I started caring about all this stuff, I was pacing in my room. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know why. I was bored. I didn't, I was, I hated college. I didn't know like why I was learning half the stuff I was learning because it was so useless to me. And I was very, I just not interested in it. And so I said, holy crap, the internet exists. You can literally learn anything you want on the internet. Like you really can. The problem is it took me at least three, four years to learn discernment because I was, I learned, I was believing all these crazy things for the first two or three years, three or four years um, that were, that are totally just ridiculous now when I look at them. But once again, it was just a phases or a learning, you know, it's like kind of what the topic we're going to talk about. We circle back and we just kind of grow on something that we experienced a year ago. If you're going on the right path or, you know, you should come back to that experience and, and um, you should have the opportunity to do better. And you just have to be aware that that opportunity is coming to you again. And the more I learn about this stuff, I, the more aware I become of those opportunities. Um, and uh, so I just said to myself, wow, I really can just learn whatever I want. I knew there's a lot of bullshit on the on the internet. I knew I had to go through a lot of digging and there's definitely, I definitely have not perfected discernment. I don't think anybody could ever perfect it because We lose you. See if Matt comes back with the connection. My entire winters, just from 6 a.m. I was so motivated about this stuff. I would, from 6 a.m. on my own, I'd be up and then I would study it until around 10 p.m. at night. Um, hey, I would obviously take, yep. Matt, we, we lost you for about 15 seconds. Oh, okay. The, the, yeah, you cut, you cut out. We're, we're still recording, but you were uh, okay. talking about, you'd mentioned discernment and that it's, which I agree with you that do we ever completely nail down discernment? No, I think it's, it's always ongoing and we learn more and more and get better at discernment, but that's when the reception cut out. So what, what was it uh, as your discernment got better in searching the internet? Oh, what? Right, right. Yeah. So basically I, I learned, I finally, after believing a bunch of weird, crazy stuff, I finally came to what I thought was the current reality. And I found a, a bunch of really great 
people that I started that were like a foundation of what I started actually thinking was an anchor point of something that I could actually work with that actually made sense. Everything I wanted to learn, it had to make sense. Like that was obviously the most important thing for anyone, but like it really, really had to make sense to me or else I'll just kind of, you know, not really care. And so I finally found a lot of people who knew how to say the right vocabulary who started to make a lot of sense. And I and I've, and that actually kind of strengthened my passion. And one day, you know, how people talk about Kundalini and, and activating their chakras and all this stuff. And, and I know all about the woo woo stuff. I don't want people to think I'm Mr. Woo woo. I, I mean, I, I actually can ex explain a lot of this stuff in scientific terms, but without all the spiritual you know, terms, but it's just easier to use those terms because it's a more generally accepted vocabulary. Um, but the, the, I had an experience. One day I learned some information about field theory about, and it's not even a theory anymore from, because it's proven. I can, well, there's many, there's math, there's, uh, there's books, there's neg entropy, the origin, the origin of biological, biologic neg entropy is a book by Dan Winter, which I really, really, really strongly suggest people read because that, that pretty much is the proof right there um, of, of field theory about, uh, of, and it's like, and, and it's proof through math and it's proof through physics. And, and from my opinion, it's proof. And obviously, because I also want, I should actually, walk back a few bit and, and go back just to what I was saying. So I had a Kundalini experience and is that, that's what you want to call it. Basically what that actually is, is your spine liquid pump fluid at the lower end of your spine, your sacrocranial spine liquid pump gets pumped up from your spine and goes right up into your pineal gland. And that, that's where you experience these things like kundalini or awakenings or that your hair stands up on your head some people report like a burning in their head um some people but it basically it's just literally activating your inner uh consciousness um uh pretty much every time that happens it's like one more step closer to being more aware of what you're doing here and uh, so the idea um so that whole feeling was more addicting to me than like the alcohol because oh believe me I was partying I was drinking I wasn't perfect um did all sorts of party and I was drinking alcohol four times a week um but there was nothing that gave me as much excitement as the information I started learning about I don't know 12 12 years ago and a lot of it had to do with Dan Winter but there's a lot of people I don't want to be a zealot of Dan Winter but the reason why I refer to him a lot is because he has the right terms that can be universally accepted around the world. It's electrical engineering and, you know, in physics and those types of terms are, are, it can be universally accepted when the context is right. And, and also understanding what his book talks, talks about, which is neg entropy or gravity, you really learn what gravity is. And, and that is one of the most empowering bits of information he shares. And that is the reason why I feel like it's necessary to learn his stuff. And that is the reason why I had a Kundalini, if you want to call it, um, you know, reaction. And I, I was totally euphoric, like totally. And, and I was like, holy crap, this must have been, you know, this must be true or this, this feels true. This makes so much sense to me. I've never felt this way from anything else I've been learning and I've been looking for the last three or four years. And uh, so that was pretty much the foundation of my motivation to talk to you about what I'm talking about now. Yeah. Or what I mean, we're gonna talk about. Right, and I've, uh, 
Dan Winter has a, a lot of book material and, and videos, and he's well-spoken, extremely knowledgeable uh, about this information. And uh, that is absolutely good reference. Just to start with, what, what excites you the most as far as how the human body works and what is spirituality and what is mind and consciousness? Do you, uh, well, what, 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 what route really, do you want to talk about uh, next? Which aspect? Uh, I really like, I, I'd like to kind of tell a few, well, there's, yeah, like I said, this is the first time I've done this. There's so many things in my brain right now. There's many ways I'd like to start, but I think what I would should start with is probably epigenetics. Um, do you talk much about epigenetics or? or no, that's, that's great. Heard? Yeah, that's great. Uh, Epigenetics is phenomenal. Uh, every the first person comes to my mind is Bruce Lipton, Doctor Bruce Lipton, uh, epigenetics. Oh, for sure. But uh, go ahead, yeah. start with uh, epigenetics. That's that's a great topic. And uh, what are your thoughts on that, or how would you explain that to the listening audience? Well, uh, in in a nutshell, the human body. After you fully understand what epigenetics is, you know, there's many different versions people want to say i mean it, it actually it's it's in a nutshell it's just your your body adapts to your its environment that that's what and 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 by the word by the term adapt i mean mutation wise you literally your cells your dna mutates in your environment therefore you become your environment and the problem is most people have only focused on one aspect of the environment environment which is food um uh, but there are many others that are extremely important, and they're actually more effective than food. As a matter of fact, if you got the other ones down, you wouldn't really need food, uh, or you wouldn't really care for much food. You wouldn't need to eat as much food. You wouldn't want as much food. Um, that, that's just the, and that's because all of everything we're doing, you can just imagine the human body as a vacuum. Wherever it goes, it's absorbing its environment, and uh, and it's all eventually gets broken down to electrons. So food eventually gets broken down to electrons. So what I really like to branch with is, so if there are multiple energy sources affecting us positively and negatively, what would be the most effective energy source? Well, on the negative end, I think one of the most negatively effective energy sources that we are living in that is causing us to age rapidly and causing us to develop more diseases than we've ever had in history um, is electrosmog and Wi-Fi and non-native electromagnetic frequencies. I think those are way worse than food. Um, not to say that it's much worse than, let's say, McDonald's, which isn't even food, or like some some forms of municipal water supplies that are full of more than 72 different contaminants or more, um, you know, that type of stuff is really terrible chronically for you as well. However, when you're living in Wi-Fi, I mean, being five foot close to a Wi-Fi and then being 20 foot away from it is, is much difference. It's not, not much better, but there is a big difference there. So people who are sleeping next to their Wi-Fi's, you literally, in my opinion, um, from what I've researched, uh, aging yourself catastrophically and the way you're aging is through inflammation. And the inflammation is causing the diseases. <laughs> and the diseases are causing uh, more diseases. 
And, and then you start taking medications for these diseases and then you spiral out of control. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty general idea. And I think people in this group would understand that. But that I, I like, and so that's the negative end of the spectrum. The positive end of the spectrum, what I think is the best source of energy for human beings on earth in this 3D plane of existence is the sun. And I believe that because the sun is, you know, photonic energy. And the only way that, you know, the, the way that photons interact with the body is through electrons. The photons interact with electrons. I, I mean, I think I've even been told that photons only interact with electrons, but it could be wrong there. But I know they prefer, they definitely prefer to interact with electrons. Um, and, you know, like I said before, the body breaks down food and everything into electrons. It's just sunlight gives you the direct source of energy and if you want to actually amplify it, you need to know this thing called circadian biology, meaning live your life with it. I'm setting the bar. This is, but I guess where I'll, where I'll kind of go with this is I'm going to, I think what I've, from what I've seen, this is probably the best thing you can do for yourself. And this is the bar that you, that you need to set your sights on. Um, like for, I know, obviously no, uh, doing a lot of this isn't going to be fully practical and nobody's going to do it overnight. I totally understand that, um, but I this is what I believe is really the best thing we can do for ourselves, and and ultimately this activates our consciousness, and that's where it all, where it goes eventually because a healthy human being is a conscious human being, and a conscious human being is an aware human being, and and the more aware a human being is, the more empathetic that human being is, and the more empathetic that human is, the more you can connect to everything. That's what empathy really teaches us, including other people. Um, so uh, basically, the best thing is circadian biology, from what I've researched. And this has actually won three Nobel Prizes about the mitochondria and how they interact with photons and electrons and electron tunneling speeds through the, I mean, basically, <laughs> so... I'll go a little bit into the science of how sunlight actually in interacts with your body. So there's a few basic things that we should probably understand first. And as mitochondria have their own DNA, for mitochondria are basically bacteria. Mitochondria, you can have anywhere from 100 to 1,000 of them per cell. More mitochondria focus on your heart and in your brain. They're, I mean, I'm per cell, per neuron, per whatever your cell type is in that area of your body, there are more mitochondria near the heart per cell and more mitochondria in the gut and in the brain. And that's a very telling thing. Those are also your most powerful sources of indicating your health, um, in my opinion. And you know, I think there's a lot of science to prove that. Um, so uh, basically, the sunlight <laughs> hits your body. And let's see, sunlight is 42% infrared light. And it's like 40 some odd percent blue light. And there's a UV light, and but throughout the um, throughout the day, you got different light spectrums. So in the morning, uh, most important time, and this is where I'm going to say this is where it begins. So I would say the setting the bar high, being the healthiest person you can be, would require this. It would require you to live your life in accordance to sunlight. If you cannot do that, you have to. There's no magical pill or supplement or diet or workout or regimen that will do better for you than that, in my opinion. So that is your bar, that is your goal. 
but there are many things you can do that are under that that are much more effective than even the supplements and workouts and stuff that I'm, I'm even talking about. Um, I'm not saying working out is bad or anything, but I'm saying there are some foundational things that the human body needs in order to maximize the benefit from the workout. Some workouts actually hurt people because their body's not ready for it. Well, how do you pre prepare for that workout? What's the best way to do it? Well, you need a lot of energy. You need to be prepared in that energy. You got to handle all that stress you're about to go through. Well, the best source of energy is sunlight. So when you build what's called a solar callus by practicing circadian biology, you become very efficient in distributing energy throughout the body, extremely efficient. Everybody knows the mitochondria as the power plant of the cell. So that mitochondria, so what's in, if, if, a little bit more details of that. So within the mitochondria, there's this uh, organelle called a crustae, and this crustae is folded. And within this crustae, there's these five respiratory proteins. You can call them cytochromes or chromophores. Basically, it doesn't matter what they are, is they're red light um, traps. They, they have a benzene ring in the structure, which is an actual a photon trap for infrared light. So that what's very important about those respiratory proteins is those are the things that allow for electron tunneling speeds to be efficient. And you need those to be efficient because that's how you build your ATP. Obviously you need ATP, but what's the most important thing that mitochondria does that people don't really talk about very much and it makes water, it hydrates your body. It creates a structured water. When you have sunlight, you have the right kind of structured water. You're, I mean, if you're not dehydrated, you gotta make sure you're on top of all that and whatnot. It's, it's not just sun. There's going to be a few things that it would need to happen. And people who say, oh, I'm too pale. I'm too sensitive. You know, there's no way sun helps me. Well, that's why you need to build your solar callus <laughs> and uh, even the pale ones. Now, there's always going to be, I don't speak in absolutes, but there's always going to be that 0.01% of somebody who actually does get hurt by the sun. And, and, and I'm not referring to skin cancer. I, I will address that actually right now. Skin cancer will happen from sunlight. But the reason why it happens is because you're not building a solar callus. You have not been living according to circadian biology practices. So let's say, for example, you haven't been outside for, I don't know, months because it's the winter or something like that, or you just live in a cold area, or you just don't like to go outside. Well, then you decide to go outside in the noon or one or whenever it's hottest and you start getting burnt and you do it again and again, or you do some artificial tanning and, or you just do these really just things that are, that burn your skin. Well, that will cause skin cancer. And there's no doubt that that can happen from the sunlight. Um, but if you have a solar callus built, which best is done by living with circadian biology, um, uh, that, that will help tremendously with, with um, energy production, which is, you know, like I said, in my opinion, the most important part of the human body, uh, what is the uh, metabolic health, right? I mean, there's that some people say, a lot of scientists are saying that 85% of diseases are metabolic diseases. I'm willing to say they're much higher, probably 95. I'd say the five, I'd say about the genetics is maybe less than 5%. But even then, when we're thinking of epigenetics, I mean, it kind of tells you that, hey, your environment can still change you and mutate your DNA. So if you have the right environment, even genetics can, whether you can reverse the genetics or not, I'm not sure whether you can fully cure it or not. Maybe, who knows? Probably some people have. I've, I've read a lot about it and seen a lot of stuff. Um, but what I'm saying is it will at least 
at the very least, it will hold off the negative effects of your genetics to a much later age, or that you just won't get them as serious. Um, uh, so <clears throat> basically, I mean, sun is an anti-aging agent, and those chromophores in the cristae of the mitochondria, they absorb the sunlight. And the reason that the way the sunlight gets into the skin, into the mitochondria is because infrared light actually penetrates down the skin 30 centimeters. So that's how it actually gets there. Um, and, and what's so amazing is the human body is a solar battery. That's literally what it is. And, the, and how you become a solar battery is through a mixture of the mitochondria making the water for the sunlight to interact with the water. And what happens is this water interaction with sunlight interaction created by the mitochondria creates structured water. And this is also known as called an exclusion zone. It, it's literally, it becomes a DC current in your body. And the DC current in the body is your cell regeneration current. That's the, the, <clears throat> that's the process that actually, excuse me, sorry. That's the process that actually triggers cell regeneration. Um, so I think, I hope I didn't go, you know, everywhere with that. I tried to focus mainly on, you know, sun, um, but did you want to say anything about that? Yeah, yeah let, right. Let me, um, let me back up just for a little bit for the listening audience. When Matt's talking about uh, the solar callus, it, it's basically improving your sun tolerance. And sun callus on the skin absorbs frequencies from the sun, as Matt mentioned, through the melanopsin, which is a photoreceptor. And he's absolutely correct in our research, the, the sun is vital. We're meant to have sun exposure and the intricate chemistries of the sun's electromagnetic frequencies interacting with our body is, is vital. So he mentioned, he talked about the circadian biology, which is a natural 24 hour rhythm. And, you know, depending on the season, we have so many hours of nighttime, so many hours of daytime. And you had mentioned, Matt, about morning, and then you uh, broke off on some, some other topics. Is there a formula or a chart you can describe uh, that you, have you figured out a way of breaking down the, the day uh, and because of the sun's different spectrums through, throughout the day, like, yeah, yeah, We started to talk about morning, how important morning yeah. is, but I don't think you finished that thought. And if there's something about right. like morning, noon, evening, could you go in more detail right. with that? Definitely. Yeah, you're right. I didn't finish that thought. Um, yes, the morning is most important time to get sun because that's the best time to build your solar callus during sunrise, the first hour of sunrise more specifically, and then the, the hour of sunset. Actually, in one of your shows, Jet, you mentioned, uh, I forget which, you know, ancient tribe or maybe just regular tribes who, who would perform some um, uh, ceremonies at sunset and sun and, uh, and uh, sunrise. And that's actually called Agne Hotra. And basically that's just at that time, uh, you have the opportunity to 
have a very strong spiritual connection. I won't go into that yet, but I just wanted to say that's the significance in a spiritual sense of, of that time. But in a biological sense, what's important about that time is the first hour of sunlight is going to be where you build your melatonin. People think you build your melatonin at night. Well, no, you actually build it in the mornings. You use it at night. <laughs> like you need it for when you're sleeping so it's really it's ironic because if you're not up in the morning getting sunlight you're not going to get good sleep <laughs> you know so people you know they'll say oh i get eight hours i get 10 hours i feel i i feel but i still feel groggy and all that stuff well that's exactly why um, because you're either sleeping during the wrong hours, you're waking up too late, or you're sleeping in a, in a sea of electrosmog, um, which just won't help at all. Um, so uh, that's, those... That's, that's, by the way, Matt, that's huge what you just said. For sure. It's very important. For, I mean, what do you mean? Well, people could be, they could get eight hours sleep, but they're, the, uh -huh. the, the timing is off. So if they're not if they're not exposed to that first hour sun at sunrise, which is you right. mentioned is key to that melatonin, and you need that for mm -hmm. night nighttime, eight hours of sleep, but at the wrong time schedule, isn't right. doing as good as people think. Right, and and you know, and also, and during noon to one is when you get the most UV, and UV is extremely important. I mean, your red blood cells are literally like ferry boats for UV light. So, I mean, it's, it's super important to get all the spectrums, but if you can only get one spectrum, the most important one is the morning. And that's mainly because of the sleep aspect, um, but the more the better. And, you know, there's plenty of cultures, you know, cultures that live in Ecuador, practically any culture that lives outdoors, the Mediterraneans, I mean, these people lived 80, 90, 100 years old, and they're always smoking and drinking and doing all the worst things. Well, how the heck are they living so late? Well, it's because they're always, it's always, they're always outside. Like, so sunlight kind of, as I would never condone it, but sunlight gives you the cheating ability. If you want to eat some crappy food or whatever, the more your solar callus is built, the more you'll be able to handle stress in every way, you know, and that means inflammation. And honestly, I think inflammation is probably one of the most important topics for people to understand. The reason being is because all of diseases in existence, maybe a few not, I mean, all start with some form of inflammation, you know, some cellular inflammation starts happening. And, and you know, what is inflammation? Well, it's in the mitochondria, the oxygen molecules, they have unpaired electrons. So what they're doing is they're running around trying to pair the electron in the meantime, destroying cell walls, causing all this, um, these uh, uh, free radicals to start tearing your whole body up and start inflaming. Um, and, then they, and then after so much inflame, you develop what's called dis-ease. And this yeah. disease actually, you know, is, is the precursor to aging, you know, and, and, and if we can prevent inflammation, and I want to also say that I think that the most effective anti-inflammatory sense source of energy is the sun, um, I think we could prevent most diseases just by um, you know, doing that, especially, I mean, what's Alzheimer's? It's inflammation of the brain and diabetes and inflammation of the liver and the kidneys and of all these other diseases. Like, it's just all inflammation. And basically, it's just your body doesn't have enough energy to defend against the stress that you're constantly living in. And the more we live in this uh, environment this, of electrosmog, 
the more stressed we constantly are. So therefore we got the more inflammation. I mean, my dad, for instance, I told my dad for, for three years, he's, his entire body is inflamed. And he went to seven different doctors and was like, oh, you got this disease, you got this disease. You got here, take these medications. He was on 18 medications at one point. I was like, what the hell is going on? So I, um, he eventually finally talked to a doctor who, who seemed to know what they were doing for once and said, wow, Dave, uh, you, your entire body is inflamed. And the reason why his entire body was inflamed is because my dad is a computer guy. He sits home all day around four different Wi-Fi's. Every, you got these smart devices, you got these Bluetooths going on, you got a smart kitchen, you got the smart toilets, you got the smart this and that. And the, I mean, all that crap is literally creating an actual sea of non-native electromagnetic frequencies that is literally foreign to your biology and you're living in it. And what that is doing is it's causing massive amounts of inflammation. And that's where weight gain is going. All those people are like, oh, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing all this stuff right. And I can never lose weight. What the hell is going on? Well, it's probably because you're surrounded around a lot of electrosmog or you're not getting enough sunlight and your body's not ready to build muscle because you don't have enough energy in your protein stores uh, from the mitochondria and all that stuff to build the right kind of muscle and, and utilize the protein the right way. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, because most, most of these supplements, you're just pissing them out. Your body's not even ready to use them. And that's the beautiful thing about uh, epigenetics is when you, uh, supplements will work, but, you know, some of them uh, and, and the ones that do work will work better if you have a better foundation of energy uh, um, distribution throughout the body. Um, and that, so, so that is all thanks to the mitochondria. That's your metabolic disease prevention right there right. Um, and your anti-inflammation. Now you mentioned, uh, and, and I agree, morning, that morning sun, the first hour really sets the stage. It, it's critical from noon to one, you're right, as far as the, the necessary UV uh, ex- exposure. And then uh-huh. you probably uh, we're going to get to evening sun or a sunset do you have any information on that yeah there's a lot of infrared have you seen all those infrared saunas and stuff that are popping up everywhere yes uh yeah that's basically you know the idea during sunset there's a whole lot of infrared light um and uh the calvin and of the light is pretty strong so it's just another another preferred time your body would will absorb the light most efficiently and utilize it to use i mean like i said those respiratory proteins all five of them are red light chromophores and 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 um the more red light you can get i mean honestly that's why those red light things are so popular and popping up everywhere because there's a lot of sense to that but yeah that would be sunset now let let me ask you this because we're we're coming up and it goes fast, doesn't it, Matt? We're coming up. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even get to what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I talked well, too much. We have, uh, that's why I, I knew there'd be, on this subject, we could easily have part two, uh, part three. But let yeah. what I want to do, and uh, if we can get our schedules together and we have a part two, what I would do is kind of review take the first five or six minutes of a part two episode and hit the highlights of this interview, part one. So I, w- uh-huh. I, I took, I've got two page, two legal size pages of notes from uh, the points that you brought up, which will help me for the review. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. to kind of whet people's appetite for 
part two episode, you touched on it briefly with your dad. When you talked about your dad and uh, his, I don't know if he's computer programming or IT, but he's around computers a lot, you said all day, and he's exposed to all this non-native frequencies, which is exactly true, Wi-Fi's, the routers, uh, cell phone, 5G and, and so forth. Great damage causing the inflammation. And he's when he said good grief, he's on, I don't know, 17, 18 medications, uh, which exacerbates yeah. the situation. You, you describe yeah. it very well. Without meeting your dad, I see the scenario and, and the, what you described. Here's a, a thought that will kind of tease people to lead into the next uh, part two. This, this world society, I, I call it the, the matrix or the system engineers, let's say not the good guys, the, the, these bad guys, just for a very simplified term. It seems to me that they've dis designed a world system of things to not only disconnect us from source, God, uh, divine, a highly de-emphasized spiritual awareness, spiritual progress, but they, they want to keep us in a state of disease, don't they? Because look at the economic yeah. structure. How many people worldwide work nine to five and they're in an office, fluorescent, mm -hmm. fluorescent lighting, computer screens, Wi-Fi all throughout the building. The work schedule is such that they never get the sun exposure, the key moments that you mentioned. So, mm -hmm. and, and then the, the the, the fast food because they're in a hurry uh, because uh, work, 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 we got to get this done and your salary is dependent on it. That we have a, a world where there's massive inflammation, a lack of nutrition, disconnecting from the sun. I think they, they've designed a world system to keep mankind up against the ropes, to use a boxing term, up against yeah, the absolutely. to where they can never get out of this self-sabotage spiral and yep. get get to a point where the body is optimized and they have connection to the the sun, the connection, uh, as you mentioned, to solar callus, and wondering because yep. we didn't we'll get into it probably in other interviews, but when we get into human potential, activating consciousness, why are we here? How does mm -hmm. a little bit how this relates to our health. But these, these biggies that uh, could be discussed in future interviews, I think that it's actually by design that powers to be have created a world environment to keep us anxious, fearful, stressful, disconnected from the sun, not eating healthy, and yeah. being disconnected spiritually because then they can manipulate and control the masses. What do you think of that? I mean, with, with in like one minute. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's quite obvious they know exactly what consciousness is, and that's also one of my biggest motivations for what I'm learning or what I what I teach myself is that I know they know. It's it's quite obvious from everything I've learned that it's the most suppressed information in history of humanity. Is anybody who ever tried to come out and tell people about our feel, our aura around our bodies and how it can interact with the gravity that is existence. Not to mention they still won't even admit what gravity is when it definitely is the 
most important thing for us to know because the moment we know about gravity, then we know all about consciousness and we know all about free energy and we know all about uh, propulsion. We know all about all these really amazing things that would sovereignize humanity. So yes, absolutely. Our entire culture is, is seems to be geared towards anti-spirituality in, in almost every every aspect whether it be education medical or business i just it's it's uh it seems to be anti-human in nature so yes i agree and you had a that's that's a big truth bomb you, you, you talked real fast because you've got so much rolling around in your head but when matt said that if you understand the truth about gravity, it reveals so much truth. Uh, that's absolutely correct. Uh, there's a lot centered around that. And uh, that's also a good topic for, for a show. They don't want the, the system engineers, the, the controllers, I always talk about that there's human and non-human consciousness working together to try to enslave yeah. humanity. But they, uh, I agree. The, the fact that we have been stymied with uh, the spiritual connection to the dynamic energy, the source, God, almighty, divine, but they, uh, the access to energy and the, uh, the implosion aspect that you and, Dan Winter talks about so they don't want that information out whatsoever because if man yeah. understood this as, as you touched upon and we had these discoveries which we all should have had access to this by now they lose complete control of humanity right. so they do everything they can they either they either actually do away with scientists but they certainly have confiscated all the great works when people yeah. scientists men and women have understood field theory they uh, whisk it away to where it's never seen again. I don't know if it's in some archive in the Smithsonian or under lock and key somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the where we are now with so-called technology in Silicon Valley, this this is not uh, the best science at all. It's actually science designed to keep us enslaved. Right. I really exactly. do not like Silicon Valley. I don't like the current model of academia how the, gut, the, right. grant, the grant programs are structured. It's all yep. very sinister. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny because the opposite of, of I mean, the, the key to like achieving human sovereignty and potential is non-destructive charge collapse. And the opposite of compression, which, which is non-destructive charge collapse is radiation. So these beings that are off world and maybe not human, certainly from the way I understand it, really like radiation. Um, and uh, because that's how they thrive, you know, so I won't get in. That's a massive, another topic, but I shouldn't, you know, I don't, I won't even get into that, but, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah that's I an interesting point you brought up. Yep. I agree with that radiation and they thrive on that. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. So what, that was that hour went by quick. We want to thank Matt for, showing up on this episode 25 ethereal thank you underground yep and we'll have to have you back for a, a second and third episode because there's so much to talk about yeah. and what we'll do for the listening audience to let you know what we'll do if and i'm sure we can arrange 
for, for Matt to come back uh, on subsequent episodes. I'll review, I'll take five minutes to recap the previous interview because uh, I've got notes and then that, that will help streamline and connect each episode because Matt's so excited. He talks so fast, 500 miles an hour. He's got all this information. I'll boil it down to like a five months, five minute summary. And then, Sorry about that. then we'll start the, uh, the next episode. And I, I've got my pen and paper. So I'll take lots of notes on part two. And then what I'll do is boil it down to a five minute summary when we have a, a part three, because this, this is absolutely my, in my wheelhouse. So you and I, you're like a younger version of me. We, we have uh, a lot in common. We think a lot alike. What you brought up is 100% accurate based. Uh, I'm a research scientist and uh, I agree with that. And I think what Matt talked about today and what I talk about, we're definitely underdogs. We're, we're uh, suppressed. We don't get the news coverage. We don't get the grants. Uh, it's an uphill battle fighting academia. And I think that's by design. I think it's a shame. But if Matt and I and others can at least get this information out while we have access, you know, to the internet and one-on-one -on -one conversations with friends or workmates, whoever is willing to listen, the, the grassroots is very powerful. So I don't ever underestimate that. I know I'll never be on a Joe Rogan show, uh, obviously, but um, it doesn't matter if, if we have three, four, five people that this information reaches. That is phenomenal. Yep. I'm very happy with a handful of people listening to this show. Uh, we strike some interests. We maybe uh, mention something that they always knew, and then they know they're not alone in their thinking. No, you're not alone. Matt and I and others, we're out there. We, we can unite. We can be encouragement towards one another. We can develop friendships for one another. That's very important. Uh, and there's, there's means such as Discord, because Matt and I uh, belong to a, a Discord. We're able to chat and send direct messages. Uh, I like that. While we have access to, to that software, that's at least a, a positive aspect of that technology. But we'll uh, wrap it up and thank Matt again. And we'll look forward to episode two. Can I say one, can I say one thing? Sure, sure, Matt. Go I, ahead. It, I totally forgot to say before everything that please consult your doctor or medical professional before attempting any of these things because it hasn't been approved by the FDA. So I just have to say that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good point. Yeah. Always, always safe to have that disclaimer. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. Okay. So yeah. we'll end it there and we'll look forward to the next time we have you come on board. All right. I, I look forward to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure.